Welcome everyone to Politically High Tech. This is episode 188. Yes, this is the section, third type of episode. Roll the die or just reveal this mysterious, mysterious object. Okay. And you know what it lands on? It lands on a very, very interesting picture. Let's try to combine philosophy, technology, and business that's what you got that's where you land in on or you just draw a mysterious deck that's the card you got it's a wild card you end up getting all these three combined this is why it's random and thank god is finally getting random it was too much spiritual spiritual stuff was to keep popping up and sometimes random is secretly biased so spiritual spirit spiritual no this one is philosophical technological business-like okay this is very this is something pretty different i mean i'm used to Diving the business technical round for some reason. I'm losing a little bit of my touch on the philosophical part. He's gonna help me out with that definitely. And sadly, my tower's understanding is falling apart. So, A, to me, God works in mysterious ways, and this is gonna help me at least brush that up, refresh my understanding, and apply it in a more pragmatic manner. Instead of just treating it just like a vague philosophy that you just use for debates. Make yourself feel good and win some brownie academic points. No, we're going to apply it. We're going to at least try to have a understand how we could apply this real life. Okay. You know, it's not, these are not just mystical high brain stuff, even though, yeah, it, it's intelligent, but we're going to turn it to some practical. Okay. Make it more accessible for a working person, especially in tech business. Okay. So I have a guest here. His name is Daryl Kenhouse. I think I got the last name right. Feel free to correct me. One, two, three. Okay, I'm assuming I'm good. Okay. I wasn't corrected. I don't mind being corrected. I can't be I can't be right all the time. I'm a human being after all. Nah, you're spot on. That's so you know what he wants you to do is introduce himself. He's a very, very he's not your normal tech person. What I mean by normal tech person is more like a nerd, socially awkward, just loves computers more than human beings. Yeah, it's probably a little exaggerate, but it seems that way. It seems that way based on their actions. This one is also an artist. Oh, throw into that wild card as well. Gamer. Hey, not all gamers have to be a freaking 13-year-old that breaks keyboards all the time. And just yell at mommy just to get a new damn thing, okay? And listen, there are people at that veteran age. I'm just going to call it veteran age. I'm an elder. They can be quite good, okay? So let's stop the ageism in gaming community. I'm perceiving it that way. I won't be surprised they even calling me old because I'm a, I'm in my early 30s, so they want to throw me out as well. So these 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 darn whippersnappers, so they don't know how good they got it. Okay, let me stop being the age against the young people and let me just introduce him. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I know it's a bit, so tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself. Um, I love that introduction, by the way. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so I will tell you about my. Uh, well, I'll tell you about my professional career first. Uh, I started as a software developer, engineer, uh, building marketing websites. Graduated from that into product development and solution architecture, and leading technology teams to building uh, bigger and bigger systems over time. Um, eventually, I went to work at Activision, where I was where I got into gaming and uh, picked up my passion for uh, for video games and for um, for that stuff and built some really big stuff, worked on the Call of Duty franchise, uh, one of the biggest ones in the world, 36 million people playing it at any given time uh, and developed some of the technology systems to support 
that kind of uh, infrastructure to have those games working and and keeping folks engaged. From there, I went to work at Amazon. I uh, was there for about four and a half years, another big company with a lot of customers and built some pretty big systems there. And um, uh, my, my, my role has generally been uh, a, a product development, solution architecture, technology development capacity. So thinking about ways to engage customers and the kind of systems we need for that. Um, I enjoyed my time at Amazon, but after about four and a half years, I was looking for something new. I went over to work at Canva, which is a desktop publishing company. Another one that has hundreds of millions of users. Uh, it tends to be the, the thing I, I gravitate towards, these uh, really large scale systems that develop um, that work for uh, millions and millions of people and drive business value and that kind of thing. Uh, and so one of the things I, I had noticed in this most recent change, and this was probably about two years ago, leaving Amazon and going to work at Canva, uh, was that the corporate cultures in those two companies couldn't have been more different. Um, Amazon, uh, pretty famous for its document and and process-oriented culture and very rigorous and and precise in how they approach things. Canva, completely the opposite, really loose and um, everything was run more or less by intuition and uh, the charisma of the leaders. And uh, in my professional career, I found that sort of culture uh, kind of whiplash where dang, things were very unfamiliar and having to try to figure out how to still do my job and, and, and deliver results and build systems. Um, and so, and so now I'll just talk a little bit in, in parallel with that. I, uh, I've also been uh, in my personal life, really interested in Eastern philosophies, um, Buddhism, Taoism, those kinds of, of, uh, of philosophies that are grounded in, um, a, a kind of connectedness, a non-dual view of the world. And I really appreciated them mostly for their, the practical aspects of, of how they approach seeing the world and doing things and, um, and getting by. And uh, it was when I made that culture shift in my professional career that I started to realize that hey, these philosophical ideas, which I had found helpful in staying balanced on the weekends and, and you know, feeling, uh, you know, peace in my commutes actually had a real application in how I could do technology work and how I could approach getting teams together, getting teams all aligned, getting big projects developed, and even how systems themselves worked and how databases could connect to uh, interfaces and and that kind of thing. And so um, so I wrote a book. I, I took the Tao Te Ching, which was a, a foundational text in Taoist literature, and did an adaptation where chapter for chapter, basically rewrote it and to technology terms uh, for technologists to use as kind of a reference point for bringing, you know, ideas of balance and simplicity into their work and integrating these Taoist principles. Okay, well, for well, I'm, well, I know for a fact this is not very popular in America. America tends to be my largest audience. Second largest is India. So this, I'm just going to assume, just for simplicity's sake, like I know America is culture diverse, religious diverse, but for simplicity's sake, and I'm a little lazy today, I'm going to say it's dominantly Christian slash Hindi. So what is Taoism for those who don't freaking know? Yeah, great question. So, um, Taoism, uh, you could think of it as a religion. You could also think of it as a philosophy. Um, I, I tend to view it more as a philosophy and, um, and the transition from philosophy to religion is, I think one where you, how much ritual and how much, um, you know, spirituality are you bringing into the ideas, um, 
but just to talk briefly about those ideas and, and how they apply, um, the 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 core ideas of Dao are, is Dao meaning like the way. It's it's a a description of the way the universe works and how to operate. The the philosophy is one and that that teaches how to operate in a universe in a way that is the most ethical and uh, the most harmonious and brings the most inner peace and balance. It's a a, a way to leave, leading a good life. And the 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 main ideas of of how you would approach that would be uh, a respect and understanding for the interconnectivity and interconnectedness of of all things, the way that things relate to each other, uh, maintaining a, a a position of adaptability, recognizing that things change and that they flow and being able to go with that change, um, appreciating a sense of balance, uh, trying to avoid extremes, you know, recognizing that that there is that there tends to be a middle ground that's probably more stable and that going along that path is probably uh, going to produce better results. And lastly is the idea of simplicity. And that's recognizing that uh, sometimes the the most elegant solution is the simplest. And the the, the path to uh, past a, a barrier or a boundary is often the simplest. And you bring those ideas together. And if you can uh, internalize them and embody them uh, as, a, as a way of acting and, and living in the world, you can reach a state that in Taoism uh, is called Wu Wei, which is kind of effortless action, uh, is one way of kind of translating that, or, or it could just mean uh, a state of non-action, where you there's you you don't feel friction and you're there's there's no resistance and you're tuned in to 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 the world around you and depending on how you choose to engage with the world, that could mean easily flowing into business success or easily you know flowing into personal health. Um, and so that's how the, how, how the philosophy evolves and, um, the death Te Ching, which is the, the core book, it's 81 chapters that describe, uh, that, that philosophy and, and what that looks like for someone who wants to live that way. Okay, well, finally we have Taoist representation check mark. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I really mean it. It's not easy to get certain groups of people, but I want to, you know, just look, I'm a Christian, quite frankly, just because I'm a Christian. I'm not going to invite Christian people. If that was the case, I would have done a Christian podcast. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, but, but I'm up, but this, you know, this one is me exploring spirituality, philosophy, and all of that. So I'm a curious person um, by nature. So I was like, okay, now I could definitely get a conversation with this person about that coming from a place of yeah i got a little bit of knowledge of what Taoism is but i'm pretty sure average american or even certain hindi populations don't have an idea what that is so that's why i had to ask that because i'm just trying to be more con conscientious with my listeners if it was mostly people from what's the country i could think of probably uh china or What's the other one? The slipping, slipping. It's slipping. Dalai Lama's from that country. Why is it slipping? Okay, whatever. You know where Dalai Lama's from. You fill that out for me. Tibet, you're talking about Tibet. Yeah, Tibet. There you go. Tibet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, if, I don't know. I got brain fog there. Yeah, I'm sure they know what that is. Yeah. They were the majority. I want to ask this question, but I need. I want to make sure I'm trying to keep you. At least in the know, they have some some a little bit of ideas. You know, 
you know, he's, he, I'm not going to have him tell you or read a whole book of Buddhism. We both don't have that kind of time. Let's just be quite frank. Even even two or three hours wouldn't be enough, okay? <laughs> we are not going to do that. But I just want to get at least a basic understanding of what that is because he's good. He's already talking a little bit about Taoist principles, about how we become balanced. That's the thing I remember. It's about balance, the way the universe works. I mean, my professor taught it so weird. I had to look it online just to really understand what that is. That's yeah. okay. If you can explain it in words, that's not Taoist. So, uh, okay. That's nice. Um, I don't know what the hell that means, but that's all. <laughs> that's uh, that's why I was personally taught that in college. It'd be just very honest. Like, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. That, that's like the, that's like the first line of the Tao Te Ching is that the Tao that you can describe isn't the real Tao. It's definitely confusing for sure. Um, <laughs> but I will say, you know, the you mentioned this earlier. I just want to make sure that I that I make this point that um, I don't think that a Taoist philosophy is inconsistent with a Christian point of view or, or, or being Christian. I, I think that there's, um, and this is where you know there's that interesting line between what makes it a philosophy versus making it a religion. And I think it's the degree of faith and what you have to believe that is not self-evident uh, in its descriptions. And so um, I think it's it, seeing how things are interconnected, valuing simplicity and balance. Those are not inconsistent with a, a Christian worldview at all, in my in my view. Um, so you're absolutely, like yeah, a, yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. I when you was talking about it, I was already making some easy connections already. You, you know, um, people just gotta stop thinking these religions are so far apart. Um, let's just use I like to throw as example karma. I was explained in the Bible, you reap what you sow. Probably too wordy. That's what they say, karma instead, because karma is just one word. It says, mm -hmm. but but that principle is exactly the same once you boil it down to the core. It's just yeah. like one is just a Christian flair. The only has more Hindi flair to it, or even Buddhist. I think Buddhist has the um, Oh yeah, yeah, yep, yep, as well. But you know, so you know, you know, I have made those connections. Um, especially my early twenties, I was like, you know what? To a lot of extent, they allow them have some similarities. But I see that people who are div divisive by nature always focus on the difference. One is going to be, oh, you know, Buddhism is better than Christianity, or Christianity better than Hinduism, or whatever. You know, um. Hmm. You know, I, I that that why I noticed, but I don't want to get too much into that unless you want to dive there. Um, yeah, that's some people just use these different tools of course, you know, people who are divisive by nature, but based on my experience, that's that's a very small minority, like one percent compared to the ninety-nine percent who are good intention and they express that well, you know. So I just I just want to make that clear. I don't want to create no artificial religion war in this pocket. Like I said, we already got enough wars going on and within America, the the political ideological war and there's global conflicts and there's gonna be what pop potentially another one but spear between Taiwan and China. So yeah. you know, yeah, I don't wanna I don't wanna do that. I don't have the appetite um for it. It was peaceful, yeah. Well, I would probably like to have childish on me, like what East Coast, West Coast thing, just for the fun of it. But, but not something violent. No, 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 no. And sad. That's what's going on with with the world that's going on. All right. Before I dive into that dark hole, I want to get myself out of there. You know, <laughs> I, 
like I got I got I gotta really supervise myself because I know I know how dark and cinnabar I could get. Let's focus on the on the topic at hand for people who wants to be into tech or or even just improving tech or even you know apply these philosophies because I do think we need to go with more intended belief instead of just oh I want to find the quickest way just to be rich and screw other people over. I mean, so people do do think of business that way, and that's not um healthy at all, especially this more collaborative culture. You have to be compatible, which you mentioned earlier, work cult, work cult, um, you know, work cultures. You, know, you said that Amazon's more rigid, precise, documented, process oriented. Wow, was it Canva? I think. Yep. Yeah, Canva. Mm -hmm. And these are big companies, people. He's not he's not a nobody that just come out of nowhere thinking has odd stuff. He has experienced people, so listen to him, right? Yeah, listen, you know, he's working, you know, he's worked with Activision and all that. Even though I hate Call of Duty, <laughs> I really hate Call of Duty. I have to say that. I just gotta get that all I just I I never liked it that I have. But you know, I do now thinking about it, I do appreciate what it's done. That's revealed to me a lot of the phony, toxic friends that I have, and I was able to root them out. Uh, that's, wait, is it is it just first person shooters or, or, or just Call of Duty? First person oh. shooters in general, you're not into? No, 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 no. First person shooters, I didn't have a problem. It was just that particular franchise, just just that entire. Yeah. That's my ires at. Just that particular franchise, even though. I have to begrudgingly thank you for your talent for bringing that crap to life and making <laughs> Activision rich and yeah, famous. Yeah. You know, hey, hey, it takes it takes it takes genius, you know, behind the scenes. You know, they don't get enough credit. Okay, I praise him for that. Even though, it was, but now that to think of because it exposed all the toxic, fake people that were hurting me with my friends and. And then, and then I really, I really pushed it to the boundaries that I was debating, challenging, becoming contrarian, just finding any yeah. little reason to disagree with them, and just to test how real the friendship is. And guess what? Nine out of ten of them failed. And I, I said, "Oh, I won't be a friend of all." So you know what? That's why I wanted. Thank you, thank you. you gave me what I wanted because you call duty people are the most, some of the most toxic. Some I I even heard racist language, and I, and I am not the person that gets easily offended by language. I, I don't like wokeness, but I will know real racism when I see it. I look, I I don't. Yeah, I've heard some racist, crazy stuff that I heard in there. So, ooh. so all right, so I, I tell you, I you're not wrong on any of that stuff. I and I totally get that, and I understand why. Uh, you know, you're not alone in in that view on that stuff. Um, I so just a couple of things, and I'm definitely not here to, to talking to you, so I to defend Call of Duty by any means. But I will say, um, Call of Duty, uh, technical marvel. I mean, just amazing. What just at a, at, a, at a purely technical level to have so many people all playing the same game and to, and to be so interactive is is impressive. And obviously, there's other games that have come come along that have done the similar things now. But um, but it still is uh, unparalleled, I think, in its kind of technical achievement for its time. Uh, when I played, I I I love playing multiplayer games and I love being on teams and all that kind of thing. I never had the audio up. Never put out, never had a microphone, and never the that whole world of chat and um, that just was never it was never my my thing. I like being on teams and I like shooting. And actually, when um, I think it was Infinite Warfare uh, was the the release where they had a paintball mode where they you could switch all the graphics from blood red to paintball yellow. I, I love that. And I thought that was just, that was amazing innovation. And it just, it, it de-stressed me and actually made me much better at the game because it, it, I, it took some aspect subconsciously, I think took some aspect of urgency out of it and allowed me to just relax. And I ended up being much better. And 
And I think I felt less toxic because of it too. I think there's something about it that anyway, um, but I get, but I get what you're saying. And I, and it's, uh, you know, I think it's probably unfortunately going to live on with a, a legacy that is kind of characterized by the sort of toxic people that played it and the really unpleasant um, things they would say to each other. And, you know, that, that dynamic is not cool. I mean, in terms of technique, Technical achievement, it's undeniable. Not the first game that had the paintball option, you know, to replace the gore. Uh, that one, I had to get to Perfect Dark. Yeah, I know my first-person shooters. Mm -hmm. I know 64 days. Yes, I'm aging myself. Yeah, call me new boom, whatever. I don't care. I don't care. I know more than you, okay? I've been, I've been in the black. There you go, using a certain accent. If you hate Trump, good. I'm trolling right now. I, I know that pisses some of you off but yeah in terms of that option just that option itself is not innovative but it's innovative that you brought it to a massive multiplayer you know yeah that, that part is innovative just bring that option to a massive online multiplayer no no it's true it is a technical achievement uh of course me i would never admit that till now because my harry was just bashing call of duty a few times i didn't bash yeah. as much as tiktok tiktok i still find it 20 times worse than what it's doing to the kids. So I have a new big boogie person to pick on. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. yeah TikTok, okay. is, TikTok is a much bigger concern for me. To me, I don't even play games as much. That's why I don't have the, have a strong eye for Call of Duty. I used to call Call of Booty, especially when I used to hate the damn thing. I was like, oh, you're playing Call of Booty? Ugh, whatever. Now, just tell me when you're done with that game. <laughs> we talk like <laughs> that's all I used to do. I mean, yes, call me petty, call me wimp or whatever, or bait. I don't really care. I will never, I will never play that um thing. I, I tried it a few times, never was my thing. So I'm not, I, you know, I try some before I have an opinion. I tried a couple of times, say, yeah, no, it's not my, not my thing. I should have done what you did though. Turn off the the chat thing. I would have tolerated um, the blood stains. I don't mind, but yeah, the the. The whole chat mic and all of that. Um, yeah, I should have just muted that completely because most people are just animalistic. I'm going to put just a simple mouth word to it when it comes to their mouths and everything. Sure, you get you get, you get some play violence plus anonymity. That combo, not good. <laughs> not good. Yeah, yeah. Not, um, well, well, I think um, a few hackers have gotten to those people and they got scared. Those are talking yeah. about trash and one from Nigeria. Um, yeah, he hacked them. He said, Oh, he said his name and everything. Of course, I had blurred that one out for legal reasons. I said, Oh, I said, oh no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. I said, Oh, yep. I said, That's why I keep talking. You know, you reap what you sow or karma. It's gonna get you. It's gonna get you. It's gonna get you. It's gonna get you. Yeah, you know, it's hard for me to feel bad for that. But all right, let me get to the business aspect of that. Let me just get myself out yeah. of that um rabbit hole. But it's good to know that you actually we actually now I have a face to the achievements of of um Cola Blah Blah. Um <laughs> I just like the game, but it's still a technical um achievement um nonetheless. And the graphics of course got better with time, but I just I don't like the monetization um system for it. It it it, it gets gross with that and a lot and a lot of the games too, not just that franchise. A lot of mid mainstream Mortal Kombat's gone down that road. Street Fighter's been down that road. Mm -hmm. Uh Tekken Tekken has hit that road. I mean a lot of them have so they're not the only ones that are just being super greedy with money. All right. Hey, look, all, yeah. all those things that, that you don't like about, um, or that we collectively as a society don't like about social media and the engagement bait and the algorithms and all that kind of stuff, downloadable content, that's the OG of that type of stuff. Uh, video game 
uh, merchandising. Mm. They they were some of the first to really like turn that up to 11, you know, get people to really, you know, stuck into the product and to um, kind of get into these addictive play loops. No, yeah, you're right. Because I'm just going down just a memory lane real quick of games. Because James was able to move on one, two, even three years. Now, people could, if they do a DLC right, people could be stuck there for six, seven, a few of them even hit a decade. Like yeah. GTA 5, prime example. A decade. Xbox 360, yeah. we had Xbox One, two, two generations of consoles later. GTA 5 still extremely relevant. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, yeah, so that's just, yeah, just a, just a home run your point. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, I was this. I did not mean for this to turn to a, a video game a conversation, but hey, that's what happens sometimes. Now let's get to the more well, I want to say grown up, more business stuff here. My minus some of the well, actually, I can't say that because games are technically a business. The highest role, technically, they are. Let's just be clear. big business, yeah, yeah, they're very big business, yeah, yeah. Ugh. But eh, that's just my personal thing. Yes, yes, I'm being, I'm being a little emotionally biased. So let's see how we can apply these Taoist principles to business. Um, and not just for technical people. I want, and I also got non-technical. How can a business person, regardless of their technical ability, can apply Taoist principles to their ventures just to enhance their decision making? Um, yeah, just enhance their decision making. Yeah, so I think the there's a couple of things. Um, one of the most, so I started kind of tactical, and then I can I can talk a little bit more high level. But at a, at a tactical level, um, one of the most common kinds of decisions that that uh, business folks and technology people struggle with is prioritization, how to prioritize um, certain features, where to make your investments, uh, what's important, prioritizing short-term gain versus uh, long-term stability, those kinds of things. And um, I, as I was mentioning earlier, you know, those, those four main Taoist ideas of interconnectedness, adaptability, balance, and simplicity, uh, they, they can form a sort of checklist that you can bring to mind when you're faced with uh, certain decisions that you need to make. And, uh, it, and oftentimes if you when you when you look at at certain choices and you ask yourself, uh, you know, does choice A or choice B, which one is going to produce a state of greater balance, which is the path of more simplicity, uh, in, in which mode is going to lead me to greater adaptability, which one is in greater recognition of interconnectedness, and as you and as you use that framework and apply it to your decisions, uh, it it starts to become more clear the way the the path forward and and which which option is is going to be the better for you long term um and uh when you the, the thing that i think is really interesting about it is it's a it's a good thing to keep in mind and in the beginning it, it'll feel like a checklist if you're to really say hey i want to embrace these ideas i want to i want to see how how i can use this Taoist lens in my decision making it'll like i say feel like a checklist you'll ask yourself um you know where is the interconnectedness is something out of balance um where simplicity but the cool thing about it is that the way that they work together really well and over time it aligns really well with an intuition 
So one of the one of the things that makes I think separates great business leaders from uh, business leaders that that maybe struggle is you look at great business leaders and you say like wow they just they just have a knack for it or there's an intuition that they have where they just always seem to make the right choice, and those things just like anything that where you practice at it and get better. Uh, that what looks like intuition a great musician is just in the flow and you know doing great things that comes from years of practice and of having um you know spent time thinking about those things so um the great thing about about these Taoist ideas is that you can go from practice to intuition really quickly because they work really well together and so um that's the basic idea and 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 it never hurts when you're going to make a uh, you know an important business decision to to take a beat pause and you put in there some kind of mechanism to help you uh, make sure that that you're being uh, prudent and about your about your choices. And so, um, I, again, I would I, I would say though that that the four things, really four things: interconnectedness, adaptability, balance, and simplicity. Just remember those four things uh, as just as an exercise. The next time you you know are, are looking at an important business decision and uh, see if that doesn't fit and see if if what you're asking yourself what you say the questions of short-term gain versus long-term um, stability is that short-term gain going to compromise your ability to adapt in the future is that short-term gain going to disconnect you from future systems that you might need to be connected to is it is it more complex that you have to unwind later um and you know, and so sometimes it may not be. Sometimes it could be real simple. That short-term thing might actually be really simple and connect to things really easily, and and find that it actually makes you pretty adaptable and not a problem at all. And so, um, anyway, that's that's my the, the general guidance on how to apply this in 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 real you know high strokes or broad strokes, high level. Okay, well, I'll be listening to this um, because you know, in a lot of ways, I can already see the Christian connection. Yeah, because they want adaptability and all that, because it does say about, you know, someone being double-minded, always that person's unstable. So, okay, I want to be a good person here, but I want to be an asshole in this area. So, yeah, that makes a person pretty, um, and, you know, pretty bad. You know, simplicity, adaptability, you know, and the, the, these are, you know, the, I think these are very great traits, you know, and I, I think a lot of people should just adopt them on, period but there will be critics because there's always a few who's gonna say oh what is you do bring chinese culture here for example you know there's always going to be those who are skeptical cynical or just downright oppositional so the what do the critics say if you encounter them about applying these principles so you know so it's interesting there's there's a couple of different answers to that i think uh, the first one is uh, I, I think it's it's worth pointing out that that Eastern philosophies and ideas have become whether we whether we recognize it or not a part of our culture in ways that um, are, are kind of undeniable. The the yin yang symbol that is that was that you see on like surf um, uh, apparel and and stuff. It's, it's a super popular thing. It's a kind of the fish is swimming in a circle, or whatever. Uh, that's a Taoist symbol, and it's a representation of the balance and interconnectivity, and it's it's those four things kind of uh, made visual in a in iconography, uh, and you see that everywhere. And so, uh, it I guess the, the the point of that is only that our society hasn't collapsed; we're all still here. We can take a little bit of this other culture stuff, and it'll be just fine. Uh, and then then that that's one sort of broad point to make. 
when it comes to actually working with folks and and being on teams and wanting to talk about uh, these ideas, I don't think that you even really need to bring in the idea that these that they're sourced from Taoist uh, sources. The idea of of interconnectedness, you can approach that in a, in a conversation at, just as a simple question. I, I, if, for example, if you're in technology, this is really familiar. Hey, are we are we considering all of the integrations that our system needs to have and make? Um, if you're, you know, in other kinds of businesses, are we are we connecting with all of the right sources? Are we doing those kind of things? And so, that's not a. It, it, in my view, it doesn't inherently evoke uh, Eastern cultural weight that makes people get distracted from your point and start thinking like, "Hey, what are you? Why are you bringing all this crazy Eastern stuff?" A balance and simplicity, I think, are pretty safe way, safe terms. I guess you could say to to, to bring up in corporate culture these days. And uh, and and it's really the the trick is is the way that they integrate together when you choose to apply them, um, making sure to prioritize the thinking about those things in in your decision making. The important part is not getting everybody to be a Taoist. That's not you're you're just going to run into to, tr- to trouble there. That's not you shouldn't be where you're trying to go with it. Um, internalize the ideas, act on them, um, talk about them in 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 their real world world context with folks in in, in the situations in which they best apply. And um, and I think if someone wants to go deeper, someone asks you, hey, this is it's interesting these three things, and you seem to really um, you know have an have an aptitude for thinking about things in this way. Where did that come from? That might be an opportunity for the, to you know share with the curious that this stuff kind of comes from Taoism, you know, and it's a philosophy and nothing to be. Uh, you know, afraid of. But again, I don't think that, I, I don't think in order to be successful with these ideas, I don't think that you have to march in with the, you know, the flag of, of you know, Taoism and, uh, you know, hit people over the head with it that way. Well, that's the same way how Christianity has failed, right? Because it's coming there with the Bible as a flag, whack people, they all use stupid, yeah. you're, you're going straight to hell. Oh, those, those, they have failed. And that even turned me off initially um, with that. There was a super judgmental and all that, but I, you know, saying the same things apply. If you internalize Christian values, they see it, they get that aura sense, you know, and I think, so. I think you have a very smart way. I think it was more of a covert, if you will, this bam, I'm living it, but you can't detect it. So yeah. I'm living it, but you can't detect it. It's not my fault. You're ignorant. You can't detect it. That was <laughs> you probably just use the practical layman's terms. Yeah. So, uh, well, you, you're not being deceptive, but, uh, well, you know, but, it, but you're not also making it obvious either. So I think it takes a person who is knowledgeable there to say, oh, okay, he's probably following the Taoists. You have a little suspicion and hunches. He's probably following the Taoists. And people were just ignorant. Like, oh, okay, whatever. He's just like all right guy. Well, so in my my particular case, anybody who goes to my LinkedIn can see where I, I mean. I wrote a book on it. It says like it's it's you know an adaptation of South Asian. It says that right up front. Um, but but it's true that there's that um, the uh, the best evidence is an example in this case. You know, just be you know do it. Um, see if it works for you. And my I I suggest that it will work and. Uh, and that will bring people along and, and you can have, you can impact your cultural change and you can really make a difference in companies and get them, everybody, you know, aligned to the same ideas and beating the same drum and marching in the same direction all through, um, you leading by example and, and showing people the way tactically, you know, without necessarily having to bust out the books and, um, you know, be real, uh, you don't have to name it. 
opt out of the UE and all that other stuff. Yeah, that that's an easy way. That's how not to engage in conversations. You know, that's that. You know, that's just simply just, you just don't do that. Oh, you know, unless you want to scare people off, you know, you just just go right ahead, just do the whole judgment and all that, just turn people off. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you're not hiding it, but someone who's not paying attention, they're not going to detect it either. But if someone's right. paying attention, they they will see it. So it's not it's not like you know, it's a weird way for me to put it because I don't want to sound like you're being deceptive. You're definitely not. But you're also not advertising in your face either. I just think you're just natural mm. about it. I think, yeah. I think yeah, that's the best way to describe it because I'm trying to find a way to say because you're not being deceptive, but you're also not, you know, wearing a whole thing, the whole Taoist shirt, yeah, yeah. Taoist sneakers, even Taoist beanie hat or whatever. Right, right. It's just to show it off. So it's just, I just, you know, I see just act natural. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. Because I don't want to say, oh, you, you know, yeah, maybe. And maybe yeah, covert stuff was not the the, the right. It's probably covert for someone who's not paying attention. Let's just say it that way. But so yeah, I, I think another way that's the way I could say without trying to misrepresent. Yeah, for sure. I, the, the the interesting thing is too that there's some ideas that we that we talk about that, um, for example, I think it, it, it was either Aristotle or Plato. I'm I'm embarrassed that I don't remember which one. Uh, who had the four causes: the material cause, the formal cause. Um, and he basically listed out ways of understanding how things are and their meaning. And uh, that's evolved into a, a, into a language that the whole of Western philosophy is kind of rooted in these ideas that came from Aristotle and, and, and Plato. But we don't go around talking about like, you know, Aristotle said and Plato said, you know, we, we, we just say, but we do, we do it. We, even it's subconsciously because we're sort of, we live in the culture and that's what we talk about. Um, so I, you know, I sort of put it in that category kind of, of, no, yeah, yeah, I get that, that. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, I mean, for me personally, I was exposed to that symbol at a very young age. I think at age of five, I was exposed to that yin yang symbol. I was staring at it. So it looks kind yeah. of cool and all that. And, and then, even you're trying to flip it upside down, it still looks nice upside down. Trying to because yeah. it's so balanced and all that, you can move it in different ways. Oh, such a cool, such a cool symbol. I mean, with. American symbols where you flip the flag um upside down it looks a little funny, but yeah. you know, like that. Um I, I like the American flag, but that was just so the, the design I could tell is very intentional design that you could flip it upside down, still looks nice, or this way, that yeah. way. It's like a nice circle and it's a nice balance of yin and yang, order and chaos, male, female, whatever opposites you could think of with that. You know, it's you know, it, it it's a it's a really nice oh and a franchise that exposed me to that is the one i mentioned a little bit earlier it was mortal Kombat because yeah yeah the tournament um yeah one of the tournament logos so on one of their stages i was like oh, okay that look they yeah, that i asked i asked someone so what is that symbol and of course it took me like the 20th person to find it um but someone who was knowledgeable in eastern philosophy and chinese cultures so, oh no that's a yin yang so that's a symbol of balance and that's how i learned about what it really meant it said just it was just a nice looking weird weird a nice looking logo for my innocent brain at that time mm -hmm. i was like get five when i found that symbol. so yeah yeah, it's a you know, it's very nice. It, it is simple too. It it is simple. It's just yeah, mostly two colors. Yeah, 
You know, the American flag is even more complicated than that. You know, with three colors and stripes and stars and all of that. Even the American flag is more complicated than that. And the American flag, I would say, is pretty is pretty simple in design. Yeah. So American flag changes over time though, right? It's a representation of a political status, you know, fifty fifty stars, fifty states, thirteen original colonies. But the stars change over time as we uh, you know all thirteen stars in a circle, you know, I was the first yeah. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, that that'll change well. Well, probably when DC or Puerto Rico, these territories become state, I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna they're gonna have to update the flag at some point. Um, two more stars in there, yeah. Yeah, so you know that's true. The 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 flag does change. Um, yin and yang. I don't see it unless they're doing some weird AI art with it. I guess you know. People, yeah, it can change. That, like it'll change. cultural, not setting. fundamentally though. No, no, yeah, yeah. no. no. No, no, it, I think that's a very consistent. I think that that's the best of the test of time for sure. Um, mm. yeah, the American flag did mm. change a couple of times, it's updated. So, test of yeah. time, check mark on that one for <laughs> right. sure. So, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have a debate on that one. That's a, I'll definitely, I'll definitely lose on that one. I'm not gonna have a debate on that one. That's um. That's from the phenomenal. You answered a lot of questions about how it could improve people's lives and how it influences short-term, long-term decision-making. Is the cost going to be worth it if you, I don't know, suffer short-term and then long-term games would be better or just are you just so anxious and nervous you just focus on short-term and then you're going to suffer in the long-term because you just did whatever was easy. And I think... Western people need to think more long term in some of their decision making. I mean, I think I'm long term, so I was probably applying towers without even realizing that I, to some extent, I was like, okay. I'm trying to think of long term. What's what's a simple, be adaptable? I mean, they're universal if you want to think about it. Really, they they could be yeah. So you know, it's not it's not just something that's exclusive to um towers. Let me just make that point very clear. So that's why yeah. in layman terms or without you know flexing the yin and yang mm -hmm. where and wear ancient Chinese clothing for whatever yeah, no. you know, or, or the Christians just you know, just uh a heathen coming with a priest outfit and with a big Bible, and, you know, you know, come with those out of over the top theatrical costumes you know i, I that's definitely not going to win anyone you are you are going to get attention for mostly the wrong reasons uh, especially mm -hmm. if it's out of place so you know yeah i even call out christians who do that because trust me there are christians have done that and i was personally disgusted by them so don't force don't force people into it just don't even god mm -hmm. doesn't like it i was very clear about that and the person rejects it you move on Hey, you know, you, you could even you could even take Taoist principles and apply it to your evangelism of Christianity, right? Like your how how you how you plan to go to I say go to market with your Christianity, but you know, to the in in the as an evangelist, then you want to reach out to the public and find find converts. Your approach should be balanced and it should be simple and you should be adaptable to who you're you know talking to and and recognize that you're that there's a community of connected people that you're working with. And I think as a Christian, you can probably um, and look at me. I'm like I'm, I'm going to try and take this this thing everywhere. Like I think it it, it has it has its application in all contexts. I think. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, very. Yeah, he's philosopher. He's not, you know, trying to up and down all that. So I think he's giving he's, he's giving ideas. You know, it's perfectly fine, it's, perfectly legal. You know, even even in America, America is a multicultural nation. Let's just be absolutely clear about that. You're not going to go back to the days where it's just Protestantism all over the place, and just a little bit of 
Catholicism and atheism here and there. Like it's very multicultural. There's Hinduism, Muslim, you know, Islam and all that other stuff. And you just got and there's a way that it could work together. There's a lot of people want to work together, okay? And you know, Taoism, yeah. you know, Taoism, Taoism. Look at I came to speak now. You know, I you know, it was it was a big thing in China, but you know, their philosophy, believe it or not, is not outdated. Nope. If it was outdated, I think not even the expert I have here is going to even talk about that. So, you know, just because it's not popular, it doesn't make it wrong. You know, that's what they that's something that Americans need to understand. Okay, oh, okay. Well, if only one person's following that, but yet 10 people are just doing the stupid thing. No, they they want to join the 10 people, you know, they're doing the stupid thing because they want to they 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 want their social credit. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, we gotta go beyond that, people. We gotta go beyond that. So only have one question ready to answer the other one about you know it could you know you're you're answer down about how it could influence work cultures and all of that um how can business people without a tech background could use your book to form to um apply to towers do, do you even need a, a tech experience or a background i don't think so i think um uh, you know, not everybody, but most people, I think these days, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're, um, you're trying to start a business, you, you, there's some aspect of your business that's going to be digital in nature, probably. Um, you're going to stand up a website, you're going to work with teams to do your digital marketing. I think there's a real, everybody kind of has that that aspect of their of their business there. And you're going to have to make trade-offs. You're in the, in the beginning, you're going to have limited cash resources and limited people, and you're going to have an idea of how you want to go to market, and you're going to have to balance and and make trade-off decisions. And so, I think uh, in that sense, you know, the 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 outcome of the of the philosophy is a uh, is a is a business or a product that is in harmony with its intended audience and is uh, i'll say sustainable but i really what i mean by that is uh that the product itself has has life and has longevity and can be sustained i'm not talking about like environmental sustainability i'm just talking about your business and uh and the path to that long-term success and sustainability and harmony and a and a business that is successful for you both in terms of you know, wealth and your, you know, finances, but also in your own satisfaction. All of those things are really only possible, I would, I'm suggesting, if you don't allow yourself to overcomplicate, fall into extremes, silo yourself, become super rigid, all of these, th these are all the antithesis of simplicity and balance and adaptability and connectedness. And so the, those, those, pitfalls of and and the the markers of potential failure this I, I you know i believe that this philosophy is kind of an antidote to that and sometimes you it's it's easy to look at it and think well this may you know you're talking about slowing down and you're talking about you know but in business i gotta go 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 and i need to really capture market share and i think you can still do that and this is what i was saying earlier in terms of uh by 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 developing an in, the intuition through just a few times of kind of thinking this way you'll end up being able to move much much faster and be more successful uh in these in these ways and that's part of what simplicity and balance can do for you is allow you to move faster you don't have to worry about swerving off the road you're not going to hit the guardrails you're not going to get mired in complexity you're going to actually 
um, go faster. And so I get that, that that's you know a common uh, apprehension that people have about adopting this kind of philosophy is in their business is that I, you know, look, I got to, I got to, I got to be first and get to market right away. And I have a, you know, there's the, an urgency that is misinterpreted as a, as just moving fast for moving fast sake, which isn't, which is not helpful. You know, I like what you said that, you know, I think that urgency, um, I'm going to take it to journalists and all that. And especially the websites in America, they want to be the first. So they got that anxiety. And once they publish a story, well, they spread misinformation because they didn't get all the facts, but he wanted to be the first. So that heavily impacts journalism, not just in the traditional media, even in social media. So that's plenty semi-technical to pure technical um, standpoint. I think that's a very big um, problem with the um, whole, I'll say, modern Western culture within the internet. They, they want to be the first. They want to be the first. I got that, that, got that rush. Okay, I gotta be first. Look at the story. I'll get the most clicks and all that. No, I mean that that that's why misinformation all that spreading and they want to get the most headlines. Like, oh yeah, I got the I'm the first one to make it, so I'm gonna get the eyeballs first. So I think that 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 really that really just clouds a lot of their judgment, and then they're gonna have to retract and correct the story because they were just so concerned to be the first one, you know, and that's spreading all misinformation. You know, look, I, I'm for freedom of speech and all that other stuff, but you also have to, you know, you, you know, freedom does come with responsibility, and that sometimes that some Americans just don't get. No freedom comes responsibility. Because once you get responsible with them and lose vigilance on them, you know, government or even just yourself do stupid things, you go to prison, you lose freedom. So there's the individual aspect and there's the more societal aspect of it. So, you know, freedom comes responsibility. And we have to be responsible for freedom. We can't be irresponsible. You know, I know it sounds counterintuitive to some, but um, but it is true. It is so true. It's so true. Debate me on that. You're just exposing your mental illness. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You could live your life and all that, but you know, I think that's something that the West really needs to change as a, in a massive cultural perspective on that rush, rush to be the first, rush, rush, rush. Um, <laughs> on certain things, you're gonna have to rush, like save someone from a fire. You know, for fire bill, that's different. <laughs> yes, it's very, very important. But when it comes to like the news and things that are not. You know, so high stake unless they implant artificially in mind just to create that urgency. Some people do that. You know, well, situation that's different, but you know, oh, yeah, 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 feel free. To yeah, but that, that's that's it. That's an interesting thing too. Is that like if if you're always pegged all the way up to, to, to ten on every on everything is urgent and you, you know hair's on fire, then the things that are where you're that are actually urgent that really do need that kind of urgency, like the buildings on fire. You don't have another gear. You don't have another mode you can operate in. You can't get past that. And I think that that's, um, it, you know, that that's that's true with false sense of urgency in business. But I also think that that's true with you know false senses of outrage in politics. Or right? you can't be outraged about everything because then sometimes when something really outrageous happens, you got nothing. Like it's all the same. It doesn't. You know, you can't. You have nothing left to really offer in that. And it just and all just kind of gets drowned out. And you can't. You're not. You're not doing yourself any favors by just being outraged all the time. Um, no, I that. That's a very that's a very profound point that you brought up, especially with the political outrage. The left is always outraged with the right and vice versa on different things. And a lot of it is quite stupid, really. Um, yeah, no, I, that's a very profound point. Um, I'm happy you made that connection. Not me. They used to be making that connection. Yeah, you, you see, he's, really, he's gelling in. I don't, I don't force these things, people. I just like it to happen naturally. This is a natural one. I was like, oh, Daryl, we gotta talk about politics. Throw your, 
Taoist stuff out the window. Nah, <laughs> that crap. That that's nonsense. That's like telling them not to. You know, I want people to share their expertise about how it could help you empower you, the listener, and even me. Sometimes a little self-serving. Sometimes it benefits me more than y'all, you know. And, you know, that's kind of signal into the whole plug-in thing I love to do. Plug-in, plug-in, plug-in. Is there anything else you want to add before I even do that plug-in? Oh, actually, one more thing I want to say. Because what you're saying is we become so desensitized or even burnt out. We treat everything super urgent. When someone's dying, you got to rush to the hospital. Uh because you, you treat everything super urgent, especially mm-hmm. petty stuff. And it would, with outrage, you know, with politics, you're so outraged by everything. Yeah. To the point that you're going to get exhausted. You're going to end up in the hospital and you're going to be so desensitized to the point that you just piss off just by everything. You're going to be pissed off by a person just saying stupid stuff. And most mm-hmm. of the time, I just don't read those headlines, you know, um, especially, you know, both of the people who are front runners of their party, they have gaffes. Ignore mm-hmm. the gaff rich articles. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, they're not going to listen to me. They, they, you know, people, some people love the outrage. I say, you know, you you destroy your own brain, your brain, your problem. Well, I, so and the, and yeah, I, to to get on that point uh, a little bit more is that the when I'm talking to somebody and and everything is urgent or everything is they're outraged about everything, I I believe that there's probably something something that they're outraged about. I might also be outraged about if I could hear it through all of the other outrage that they have. I've, they're so outraged about everything. I, I, I don't know it's um, how to how to pull out what's uh, the, the thing that I really should care about. And I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. I, you know, we're all human beings. We all have our priorities, and there's things that yeah, I think we can all agree are bad. And um, you know, there um, there's certainly common ground in folks. And I think we just that that failure of communication really is rooted in in the way in which we just peg ourselves to the extremes all the time, and and I think that's that's a little bit of what the you know the 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 point that I was trying to make and in, in how balance can can help simplicity can help um, recognizing that we're all sort of connected as humans in a way we all live in the same communities and we we have to share the same public services we drive the same roads nobody likes potholes I would like to I would like for us all to agree that potholes are bad but if everything that you say is you're outraged by and is bad I, I you know we can't. We can't agree on those simple things that we should all be agreeing on. That's what that's ridiculous. We say, oh, Daryl's part of left because he loves potholes. <laughs> oh, that's a good headline. It's good for entertainment, but um, it's just really yeah. ridiculous. That's just driving uh, outrage, you know. And, yeah. Like a couple of things like that on the fly is just absurd. Or oh. you know, say, oh, Lies is an ultra right wing because he believes Christians should be should be free. No, only if they did the wrong thing. And I don't even care what religion you come from. Well, if you do wrong, listen, you're going to jail and you should go to jail regardless of Christian or not. It's about what's right or wrong at the end of the day. You know, mm-hmm. so, oh, you defended is because person Christian. No, that Christian was wrong. No, and that one's going to jail because he did a big no-no, not just morally, but even um legally too. So, yep, you're going to prison. Um, I don't, it's not about defending Christians, Um, even though I think some of them need more defense. But I try to keep things case by case by case and have my priorities 
straight. You know, um, I'm not going to be uh, an extension to CNN or Fox. I'm just not. They're both toxic for different reasons. Okay, that's not my that's not my style. There, I'll read something for CNN every once in a while, find interesting, or something for Fox that's very interesting, but. I'm not going to be the extension of those wings. This podcast is to get you something to empower you and get you to, to be exposed to different political orientations, tech news, um, and even different philosophies and spiritualities and religions. This is not a podcast I'm going to just, you know, drink the Christian Kool-Aid and just call Daryl the devil because he's, he, he believes in Taoist um, principles, okay? That's that, that that's not that kind of show. I mean, even me as a Christian, I don't even have the right to judge. Um, let's just use the whole Jesus of Stone thing. Okay, if you're perfect, you cast a stone. Well, no one did because nobody is perfect. So got to ease up in the judgment, have a dialogue. That's a problem also seen on some on some religious groups. E tone down the judgment, get in dialogue, build them bridges. Most you know, for for I say most extent, a lot of people do mean well. Maybe except for the very evil people, but we know who they are. The mainstream media is going to point those people out. Um, so that's all I'm going to say. Lower the judgment, increase in dialogue. Understand it. That's what I have to say. You know, if this was a Christian podcast, forget it. I think I would have been bored already. I probably would have been tired of the Bible already. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to hear another Matthew gospel. Oh, great. I'm going to hear another, um, what was it, Mark gospel. Great. Okay, okay, nice. I already heard it. No, I, I know how I get. I get, I get bored hearing the same thing. Um, but enough about me. Um, anything you want to add? Anything else you want to add before I do the plug-in of your product? Um, no, this has been a great conversation. I I uh, appreciate the directions we've gone with it, and um, it felt quite random. So I, I appreciate the random nature of this conversation. <laughs> oh yeah, it fits in. Yeah, it did. It did hit random, especially the the video game, and then now we dive some more to philosophy and the religion stuff. I hope it wasn't just too random now. Um, oof. If you want the super random, go to 161 and 164. That one was extremely random. It was literally all over the place. And for some reason, I had an intuition that that guy was going to do well on it. Yeah, so you see, you want super random, you go uh, to... So this, right. I think, is a bit tame than randomness. Um, you know, it, it just went off tangents for philosophy, spirituality, uh, and definitely games. I didn't expect the game part to be honest, but I should have known. Um, that was one of your, you know, that was one of your um expertise. So you know what? Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, how ironic! I put a background on art, and now they get to talk about art. Talk about irony. <laughs> Art was a big thing. Well, well, this was random as hell. I'll say that much. It achieved on the random part. Yeah. Check mark on that. But in terms of art consistency, that's an X. I fulfill that part. You know, let's talk about art and music a little bit if you have time. Uh, to talk about the art and the music and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah might as well if you want. I think the, so. The only like related art story to tell, and then then we can wrap it up, um, is just that uh, it was like in 2017. I, I did a art like I, I was called like a project, but I basically made a, a wire sculpture. I make wire sculptures um, where they're like figures and scenes and stuff out of single strands of wire. Um, I've got an Instagram page of where it's, it's all full of them, and I basically did one every day for 365 days. And at the end, I had an auction, I auctioned them off, and then the the proceeds went to a charity called uh, Free Art LA, which was a kids charity and um, that gave art supplies to kids who were in the court system because their parents were in the court system. Uh, 
anyway, uh, the interesting thing about that one was that it was it was a, a period in my life where spending so much time repeatedly doing the same thing, um, but trying to also be creative to have them be different every day for uh, 365 days, uh, doing them in airports, doing them at restaurants, doing it everywhere, just to make sure that I could get it done and check in the box for the day was an interesting opportunity for me to think about stuff like balance. And it was a good practice for uh, uh, kind of internalizing some philosophy stuff. Oh, that is <laughs> impressive. Look at that. Come on, intersection of <laughs> art, charity, and even yeah. self even self-discipline for yeah. 365 days. Now that's impressive. Tell me yeah. to do that. I'll fail like in day eight. I said, I don't got time for this shit. <laughs> I would have been rumbling. That's impressive. Go ahead. Yeah, I did. Like, I remember getting through, you know, day 10. I was like, ooh, this is quite an accomplishment. And, you know, you, sometimes you tell yourself, um, uh, or if, if you're like me, you may sometimes bite off more than you can chew and think I've got this big project I want to get done and you get halfway through it or not even halfway and you run out of gas. But this was one of those ones where I could have easily run out of gas, uh, you know, by day 10 day 50, day 100. It then, but then after day 100, it had just, because I had been posting it on uh, Instagram and I had uh, made a public commitment, I guess, to, to do this, I ended up finding myself kind of handcuffed into everybody doing it. So I had a pair of pliers that were in my backpack that I would take with me everywhere I went and, and a, a spool of wire that uh, I got stories about how um, trying to fly internationally with my wires and, and, and pliers right, was was a challenge. Um, the the various security organizations, this was in, uh, it was pre 9-11. No, 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 sorry, way post 9-11, but still um, uh, they were very, very restrictive and, and I raised a lot of alarms when I was trying to travel with that. Anyway. Oh, yeah, you see, for me right there, one excuse. Done. I quit. I don't care. You call me a quitter. I don't care. I, my sanity is more important to your approval. That's me personally. But that, no, that, no, but let me just be serious. That's very impressive, though. That's very impressive. I, you know, yeah, you see me, I, I would have come up with 20 excuses by day eight. I said, no, I'm not going to do it now because I don't get called by TSA and... I don't want TSA touching my stuff. I already be happy. Yeah. I said almost, almost got to a couple of arguments with them. I said, like, whoa, 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 don't freaking touch me. You know, you know, if you want, if you want to just, uh, take off certain something or just really empty my pockets, I could do that. But uh, physical touch, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. I would have got to definitely an argument. Probably would have been arrested. Uh, yeah. Not for me. Yeah, not for me. But I give you great respect for having that public commitment. Well, handcuffed. I think if I'm going to use professional language, I would say accountability <laughs> to the public. Sure. Yeah, okay, it's probably better. <laughs> accountability, yeah, you know, that, that, that's what they throw in there, yeah. And sometimes I hate that word because I would think of it that way cynically. Oh, my goodness, I put a public handcuff on myself. Damn. Yeah. I want to get out. I want to escape. No, my, I blocked the escape door. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Now that's that's yeah. impressive. You see, that's an incentive to check out his um, Instagram page. Oh, you still have them up? I'm assuming you do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. You have to scroll back. So after that, I got into uh, charcoal and drawing and stuff. So you just have to scroll back a little bit and you'll see oh, 365 of them. Oh, yeah. Diversify art. You see, just case you take yeah. the, just case you're interested in string stuff. Yes. Other art. You see, look at that. Yeah. Look at that. You can't get bored easily. Come on. What more do you want? All right. What more do you want? Yeah. And then music. And it's ironic. It's the first time I was playing waiting meeting music. We come in the first time I was just testing out how that thing worked. So, so yeah. just just keep reading um, the guests or just prepare a whole bunch of things. 
I said, yeah, let me just spice it up a bit. Um, now, how was that going with the music? See, he's an artist too. Yeah, the music is good. The music I was, um, it's something I, that um, I started when I was much younger. Um, played a lot of uh, guitar and was in a bunch of bands. And um, in, I, I'm in, based in Los Angeles. And so I did, uh, up until like my mid-20s, my, my priority was really playing music and, and doing all that um, kind of stuff. And so I think all that, that, that shaped a lot of, uh, of how I think about uh, interacting with people because <laughs> it was very, it's a hustle and it's a, it's a grind to get, to get gigs and to do that, that kind of music thing. Um, but nowadays, uh, what I think is really interesting is um, AI generated music. Um, the, the Google has that, um, I want to say it's like a version of their Bard, uh, it's like in beta where you can, you can give it prompts and it'll produce music based on your prompts. And um, one of the things I was, I was trying to do is see how far you could really stretch the the mashup of different styles of music. And so can I get fast jazz drums mashed up with um, like uh, EDM, deep bass kind of music? And and how does all that, what is what does AI think that that sounds like? And then take those snippets and, and, and try to extend them out into, you know, legit five minute like things and it's really interesting it's really good and, and in the same way that art is currently um you know ai generated art i you know i get that there's a ton of haters and i get the complexity around copyright and all that kind of stuff but some of it is really good and it's if you hadn't told me it was ai i'd say that's you know a very talented artist to touch stuff um and i think music it's kind of trailing but it's getting there and it won't be long before ai writes beautiful symphonies and you know feels human and emotional in all the ways that AI visual art is starting to. I and I absolutely agree. I'm pro AI art, by the way. Some people hate it. Um, well, you're primitive right now. Can you stop? Um, no, I I like the AI art. I could kind of tell when it's AI sometimes because the design is complicated, but yet it's so clean and precise. I would say. Mm. Um, and you know, any mesh a bunch of things that I personally think it would take a special human being to um to execute it down to that level so i'll say for most of the time i could discern it but there's a certain art pieces one of them told me that was ai generated one of them the only one told me is a human asked that and i had to add it wrong a mm. was actually ai generated so i was human the human create that and then the other one was, yeah. and it was, AI. I was like oh damn no ai is already there ai is already there it's official it's right it's right there but yeah music I think music, to your point, I think it's definitely more easier. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not um, a professional musician, no, no way, shape, or form. I'm more of a uh, historian. At the end of the day, um, that's why I can appreciate art pretty easily. Um, but it comes to music, yeah, it's pretty easy to tell. But I'm sure in a matter of time, it's not an if, it's a when. Yeah, the AI will get so good to the point that you can't distinguish it. And then there, and, and I'm sure there's even prompts that you could put. You know, human charms to it just make it as human, mm. even though it's generated by um, AI. Yeah, I'm sure it's a matter of when. It's not an if. It's a when question. Yeah. Well, That's in the same way that uh, they they had here in LA, at, uh, and I'm sure it's gone. It's in many museums, but this was at the. It was either at the Museum of Modern Art or it could have been at the Academy Museum. But in any case, uh, uh, AI artist whose name obviously I'm I'm gonna forget uh, did huge mural size animated. Um, liquid displays that were AI driven. It was obviously AI, or it was magical, is what it was. And you look at it and you say, and you ask, like, wow, how can this 
really beautiful, dynamic, moving, enormous thing. How does this even work? And then, and so then you come to learn it's AI and it's like, oh yeah, obviously it's AI. And I think that there's, there's the kind of art that is sort of shying away from it or trying to not hide that it's AI driven art, but that looks where, where the, the output, you look at it and you wonder. There's probably another version of AI art where you look at it and you know it's AI art and it's still amazing. And it's still something crazy and beautiful and you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I think maybe that's okay. Well, I think, well, me, well, I think I have to rip off the conservative label of my artization because all AI is just really impressing it. I might have to just shrink it to the point in a microscope, see the word conservative. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got to really dig deep in there. Uh, but, um, I, you know, AI is, AI art, I'm ger- generally, I'm a fan of it, just to give a simple opinion. Generally, I'm a fan of it, um, except for, except for when it's executed very, very weird. I remember I was putting a prom and a prom wasn't very good obviously i was trying to put a uh, someone praying for the turkey hilariously just had a turkey great <laughs> so you know what it's funny it went it didn't go as intended but i ended up keeping that because it was just so hilarious he's praying not to be eaten as yeah, you know yeah. I, I saw ironically i saw more the more the beauty and the humor and the art of a of a turkey begging not to be eaten through a prayer or something. I find it. I found it very hilarious. It was already cooked and dead, but it was still doing a, a prayer thing. So I, I kept that AI thing, even though the prop didn't end up very good. But you know, I, I liked it, the result. I lo- I just I, I loved it. So I end up keep. I end up keep keeping that. See, I'm, I'm keeping it. Not my intended goal, but I loved it so much. I said I even put it in my Thanksgiving episode at the end. Um. So I I, I end up just keeping. It. So you know, I like it. It has a bit of a humor to it. A bit dark if you think about it, but yeah, I, I like it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, Turkey's well, Turk already dead, and it's, it's and yes, it's just gonna be gobbled up even more. So it's dead already. At least it's not suffering anymore. Uh, that's all I'm gonna add about the AI art. But um, music, I don't have much opinion. I don't have that much on exposure onto it, but I can kind of tell when it's it because it's super auto tune. Even though auto tune's been around for decades, I will say probably like '90s. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. My music mm-hmm. is off. Um. Yeah, probably, probably say nineties. That's where auto tune started being used on more often. It definitely got popularized in the two thousands for sure. But I forget when it was first um, used. My my, <laughs> my music background is not that great. I think it's shares. I believe was the first big hit that had auto tune. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I know that fact. I think I just heard it someone talk about it on the radio, perhaps. But um, no, but it's useful for this conversation. So <laughs> it's very useful. It's relevant. So yeah, there you go. Um, and maybe for a stuck-up um dummy, you know, wants to act all weird about it. Yeah. So you know, you know, that makes sense. You know, I'm just, I'm just gonna agree with it. I mean, shoot, yeah. it's in my expertise. You know. By politics and history, I will know when most of that is. No, 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 that was definitely earlier than that. No, it was later than that. Um, yeah, yeah, like video game history, I looked into that, and it's very interesting how that stuff started. And one could go back to early as late 1940s on that. Oh, video games happened in 1940s. Oh, yeah, it was mostly science, military people, you know, military gets a text gets to test all the a lot of the stuff that we take for granted these days like email internet they had that before us and then it just started mm-hmm. spreading while use you know a lot of stuff that we had cell phone smartphone they had it years before you know but you know it, it becomes such a commercial thing that all of us regular people get to enjoy these things or just take them for granted so that's all i'm going to say about that 
Anything else you want to add before I do a plug? In? Uh, no, that's good. Thank you. I, I, I feel like I've given you all I got. <laughs> all right. Now, yeah, all right, that's fine. Yeah. I, that, the last thing I want to do is overwhelm. So let's do the plug-in. Let's do the plug-in right now. So get his book, The Architect Way, Requirements for Universal Framework. You might be throwing over, it says 81 chapters. However, I checked the print length. It's 90 pages. So Lime's just at so for the most part, if I could do my math right, also it's just one page of concise um content. Yeah, they're very that's very they concise about the about the Taoist principles of today's tech-driven landscape. And they cover a couple of themes here. I'm just gonna list them quickly: system design, decision making, leadership paradigms, collaboration, stakeholder, stakeholder relationships, process optimization, and project management guess what those things are very normal these days all those things so it's not no foreign you gotta go you gotta travel through the whole great wall of china just to get it no it's way more accessible and he broke it down in such a layman terms that even a normal unsuspecting person you know could get it so it, it's not foreign at all the name would probably only the name would sound foreign but it really is not it's not okay it's really not it's uh like they even have an audible sample and a read sample if you want he has it on amazon do you have it anywhere else besides on, on amazon i'm sure you're uh, the audiobook i think you can get on um on other platforms but it's primarily amazon for the the print and kindle version oh, okay yeah and he's not just a philosopher and all that we already talked about art and music and he even got he we got a game in here yeah game he was talking about games a good amount of times um roman numeral nine this ix i guess that that's what it is right yeah nine and that gives you some coding right there so he's he's not he's not one trick pony like i say he's not just a tech nerd who likes to be in the computer to speak one zero 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 one zero zero have no personality and all of that that's plenty of personality and plenty of creativity, okay? He's not your boring tech person, okay? You know, he's not the one that's just going to act robotic and boring as hell. Don't trust me. Those people put me to sleep. Yep. So just yeah, check out his site as well. Um, I don't want to forget that. You know, he, he he has a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, they are really creative projects. He's not lying about that. He has a realist manifesto. You contact him. You know, he's, he, you know, he's sociable, laid back kind of person, you know, based on what I gathered. So, and he got his Instagram as well. We saw about his, um, art, flexes art in there. We'll check it out. And he got his, um, Twitter. I'm not calling X. I refuse to do that. His LinkedIn. And he even got a eSpeakers on profile if you need him for speaking um, engagements. And trust me, he can talk about stuff. So if you want to get him, get him. Um, how you want to use him, that's entirely up, up to you. As long as it's within the confines of legal and rational. I, I hope I don't need to break that down. Or else I'll be disturbed. 
if I have to. But my listeners are sensible people. I'm sure you could do the right thing. So, all right. Before I wrapped up this beautifully long episode, um, any final words? Just thanks for uh, for spending this time with me. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. I don't know. I enjoyed it too. I definitely, I definitely learned something. You know, I, I, you know, I always say that I really did learn something. So, you know, remember, he's not just a low profile tech person. He's done a lot of work for major companies and major IPs. So listen to him on that. He has credibility. All right. That's all I'm going to add for that. So for, let me do the typical YouTuber Rumbler thing. Like, comment, subscribe, share. And then and finally, from whenever you're listening to this podcast, you have a blessed day, afternoon, or night.